December, and it is a time when Kentucky Baptist has set aside a special time for an offering for missions, and that is our Eliza Broadus Missions. Now, Eliza Broadus Missions is very unique because all of the monies that is collected in the offering goes to stay here in the state of Kentucky to help spread the word and the love of Jesus Christ. And that is done in so many different ways. I mean, it is done through collegiate ministries, racetrack ministries. It is um, through feeding the hungry and helping with children and all. So all of the monies that is collected through Eliza Broadus stays here in Kentucky. And we as a church have set a goal of only $4,000. So I know we'll be able to meet that goal. I need you all to put Saturday, September 26th from 9 to 3 on your calendars because that is our annual craft fair. Now, we have met with um, the health department here in Boone County and our Kentucky State guidelines, and we're going to be able to abide by those and have the craft fair. Now, the monies from the craft fair go to send children to camp. Now, I know we didn't have anything this year, so that's okay because next year we'll be able to help children out hopefully a lot more um, with going to camp. So the monies that we collect through coming through your admission and the booth rentals all goes 100% to sending kids to camp. Um, also, another ministry that we have here, thinking of all the different, we have tons of ministries to talk about this morning. So another ministry that we have here in Burlington Baptist Church, and that is our diaper ministry. And that is wonderful. It was started by Rowena Bush, and she's here today, and Elaine Skelton, I believe, is helping her with that. And it's where we hope to shower new babies with six months of free diapers. So you all can help us, of course, through contributing some money to that to buy the diapers, also through giving us some diapers. But also, if you know of an expectant mom, we don't always know that parent, um, someone is expecting. If you can kind of give us a heads up so we can help prepare for that, that would be great as well. So all kinds of things going on here at the church. So with talking about diapers, that's an appropriate time that today we're going to have a baby dedication. So Pastor Harold, do you want to come on up and he'll lead us in that? Right. This is exciting. And uh, I love to hear those babies cry. So don't worry about that. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning. This is really exciting, and it's a little bit different. I don't get to probably hold the babies this year, but uh, we're going to recognize them and pray for them. And uh, the first one is Lindley Elizabeth Abden. Uh, the parents are Cameron and Amelia. And uh, Lindley, come on up here. You all probably haven't even seen her yet, unless you know Amanda. Amanda sometimes has some pictures, and uh, she showed those off a little bit. But this is... Uh, Lindley Elizabeth, she was born May 30th this year, and uh, and so we're excited, and uh, I'm going to just pray over uh, Lindley. Join me. Father, we just, uh, we're excited about these babies today, and, and Lindley, we, we're excited for her and for, for Cameron and Amelia, and uh, your word says that, that children are a gift, they're a heritage, and uh, we just thank you for this healthy little girl, and uh, we pray for her. We pray for her life, for mom and dad and her whole family. We pray that one day she'll acknowledge Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Lord, we pray for your plans for her, that you'll use her and, and uh, use her for your kingdom in big ways. And thank you for this church that will love and encourage her along the way. And uh, we give you praise this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you all praise the Lord for Lindley Elizabeth. All right, here comes two, Johnny Michelle and Tenny Salee Burcham. So you all have uh, 
got to see these beautiful twins. Brett and Ty are the parents, and uh, Johnny has got the pearls, and Tinny has got the diamonds, if you want to tell them apart. No. Uh, but anyway, we're excited for them, and uh, we know Gra uh, Debbie is grandmother, and Robin and Steve are grandparents, and uh, we're thankful for them. Aren't they, the, aren't they beautiful girls? And uh, Ty sometimes puts some pictures of them on Facebook. And uh, so we haven't got to see them, but now we get to see them in person. And uh, let's pray for them. Father, we have prayed for this uh, pregnancy, and, and uh, we give you praise for healthy baby girls. And uh, they're precious and beautiful. And uh, we thank you for them. We thank you that the, the delivery went well, and, and they've gotten off to a good start. And uh, we just pray your blessings on Brett and Ty. And we know their hands have been full. And uh, you have blessed and provided and given them family. And, and uh, we just thank you today for them. And we pray for uh, your plan for their lives. Uh, may you take them and use them. May they come to know you and, and serve you, even here at Burlington Baptist. We pray for that. And uh, we thank you, Jesus, for these precious lives. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I might not have mentioned, but they were born March the 28th of this year, and so let's praise the Lord for Johnny and Tenny. All right, Hazel May Helpman. Hazel May, here they are. John and Melissa are the parents, and this uh, Hazel came before COVID, and so I did get to see her in the hospital, and uh, she is a beautiful girl, and uh, Karen, Rick, and Dorothy, grandparents are here. And uh, we're thankful for, for Hazel May. Are you calling her Hazel? Hazel May? Depends on who you are. All right. Isn't she pretty? And uh, we're thankful for her. And uh, she was born fe February the 11th uh, of this year. And again, John and Melissa are the parents. And uh, let's pray for, for Hazel. Lord, we thank you for Hazel. And uh, what a beautiful little girl. And uh, we thank you for her mom and dad and uh, for her uh, brothers and sisters, Lord, they have been such a, a help, and uh, thank you for her family. Thank you that uh, for life and health and every good thing. Uh, Lord, we pray for Hazel that one day she'll come to know you as her Lord and Savior, and you'll use her life. Uh, thank you for, for John and Melissa and just the blessing that they are, and, and we give you praise for this precious life, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you. Berkeley Kate Huffman. Berkeley Kate. Now, Berkeley Kate is going to be joined by Hank here in a couple weeks. Uh, but this is Trey and Taylor, and uh, we're excited for them. Harper Grace is coming up, and uh, she's got lots of uh, grandparents, Vern and Wendy, and great-grandparents, Fred and Faye, and uh, Troy and Pat, Patty. And uh, Anyway, we're excited for them, and as you can see, again, uh, Taylor is... Nine days away from having Hank, but today we're going to celebrate uh, Berkeley Kate, and she was born June the 7th of last year, and, uh, and so uh, we're excited for her and this family. This is a beautiful family. Amen. Amen. And uh, they're blessed with good parents, so let's, let's pray for them. All right. Lord, thank you for Berkeley Kate and for Harper Grace and, and for Trey and, and Taylor. Lord, what, uh, what a beautiful family. 
And uh, thank you for your mom and dad who love you. And uh, we pray for, for Berkeley Kate, that she would come to know you one day and follow you as Lord. And uh, Lord, for your plans for her, we pray for that. And uh, we pray for this family, especially these next few weeks. As uh, Hank comes, we pray for just a, a safe and healthy delivery for, for them. And I pray for Taylor and, and Trey, that you would give them endurance and strength and wisdom. Uh, but thank you for Berkeley, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. All right, we do have a boy. And uh, Eli, Eli Charles Levode. Levode. Eli Charles and uh, parents are Kate and Dave, and uh, grandparents is Dixie and Miss Kathy, and uh, we're excited for Eli. Eli was born October the 16th. This is his brother Lucas, and uh, we're thankful for Eli. And Eli, you got some pretty good odds around here with all these girls, and so uh, I would encourage you to stay in this group. Uh, Anyway, congratulations. Let's pray for Eli. Lord, thank you for this young man, and uh, he looks like he's doing well, and we give you praise for his life. And again, what a, what a gift to be able to have children, and I pray for Eli and, and Lucas and, and Katie and Dave as they raise him. We pray that they'll raise him and, uh, to know Jesus, and that he'll follow Jesus, and Lord, you have a plan for his life. Maybe one day he'll be a, a preacher, a missionary, a worship leader, a Bible study leader. Uh, we just pray you take his life and we dedicate it to you and, and uh, bless his family, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So October 16th of last year for Eli. All right, and Skylar McDine. You all better tell Sandy she can't come up here. She, she's dying to get a hold of her. But uh, Carter, Carter had to work today. Uh, but uh, Carter and Jennifer are mom and dad. And uh, grandparents are Jeff and, and Sandy, and, and uh, great-grandparents are here today, Donna and, and uh, Roy. And uh, so Skylar was born March the 4th of this year. Isn't she a beautiful little girl? Yes. And uh, so let's pray for Skylar. Lord, thank you for Skylar, and, and we pray for her and her life. Thank you that she's healthy and growing. Lord, we just pray that your hand would be upon her. Lord, that you would bring to fruition the, the plans that you have for her. I pray for Carter and Jennifer that they could uh, raise her to know you. And uh, one day she'll profess Jesus as her Lord. And uh, we look forward to that day. Help us as a church to love and encourage them. Thank you for, for Carter and Jennifer. Bless them and, and all that they have. Lord, uh, we just give you praise this morning for these precious babies. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you stand back there, I have a, just a, a question for the parents. In presenting your child to the Lord, do you promise in dependence upon God's grace and upon partnership with this church to teach them the truths of Christian faith, to set a daily example before them, to bring her or him up in the instruction and discipline of the Lord? and to assist your child in growing as Jesus in wisdom and statue in favor with God and man. Will you do that? That's okay. Yes, thank you. All right, church, I got a charge to you guys. Recognizing the responsibility that you have as a congregation towards these children, these precious children, do you agree to deal with them lovingly and tenderly, 
seeking to manifest the Christian spirit towards them always? Do you promise to provide education to them at this church by giving of your time, talents, and money? Do you promise to encourage these parents as they seek to do what they have already promised in bringing up these children? If you will accept this responsibility, please stand up and say, we do. We do. All right. We do. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for all these precious children, and they are beautiful, we know, in your sight. And uh, we love to hear uh, them sing and cry, and we're thankful for them. Thank you for these awesome parents that they have. And, uh, Lord, you heard the, the we do from this congregation that we'll uh, do all we can to encourage these parents to give, to teach, to come alongside them. And, uh, Lord, raise up this army of, of children uh, for your service and for your kingdom. And uh, we give you praise for their lives today, and we look forward to them becoming your children. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, just stay seated, and uh, we'll dismiss them and let the praise team come. And thank you all. Congratulations. All right, guys. Uh, even though Harold just told you guys to sit down, I'm going to ask you guys to stand right back up. Uh, while we start this service, I'll just go ahead and uh, turn to your neighbors, give them a wave, yell at them, tell them that you're happy to see them this morning.
You guys sound great this morning. Uh, before I pray over our offering, I just wanted to preface this next song. Uh, it turns out it's a new one. I didn't realize that when I picked it. So uh, we're going to learn it together. Uh, if you know it, sing it. If not, that's all right. You'll learn it and sing it at the end. Uh, so let's go ahead and pray. Uh, Lord, I just thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for uh, this team. And uh, Lord, I thank you for the people in this church. I thank you for giving us all this opportunity to come into your house and worship your name, Lord. Lord, I pray that this offering, uh, I pray that you just bless the offering and uh, bless the hands that give it. Lord, uh, I pray this in your name. Amen. Standing here in your presence, in a grace so relentless, I am one by perfect love, wrapped within the arms of heaven, in a peace that lasts forever, sinking deep in mercy, see, I'm wide awake, joy. Your 
You guys can have a seat. Amen. It is so good to see you this morning, and uh, I've met some guests this morning. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you want to, come back next week, and uh, we love having guests and uh, love seeing all those babies, and uh, if you have your baby in here and he makes or she makes some noise, don't sweat that. Uh, we don't care. We, we love babies, and we know Jesus does. And uh, we're in a series called, uh, can't be doing that, not uh, spreading COVID, but spreading the uh, cultural Christianity, preventing the spread of cultural Christianity. And I'm in Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, in this series, we've been talking a little bit about what cultural 
Christianity is and some of the characteristics. Cultural Christians, they want to look good on Sunday, but they want to look like the world the rest of the week. And so they're more concerned about outward appearance than they are having a personal relationship with, with Jesus Christ. Uh, they're not willing to make many sacrifices or commitments to Jesus. And uh, they think good people go to heaven, and they think they're good people. And so they think they've got that taken care of. And the problem with cultural Christianity is that it's not biblical Christianity. And sadly, sometimes as a church, we've been part of the problem because we've watered down the gospel. And sometimes we say things like, well, just say this prayer and get baptized and, and you're, you're in without sharing what it means to follow Jesus. And again, I've said it's, it's, there's a difference between being an, an admirer of Jesus and being a follower of of Jesus, and uh, we've had such low church expectations. I'll talk about that next week. And sometimes we've had no process for making disciples and helping people grow. And so I want to talk about that this morning. I'll just share a, a, just a quick uh, story. In the mid '90s, uh, I went to Emmanuel Baptist Church in Danville, Kentucky. We started this program called Evangelism Explosion, and. Uh, Every Monday night, we would have teams. We had about 30 people, and we divided into three teams, or three, three people in each team. We had a leader and then a couple people we were training. And we would go out into the community, and uh, we would look for opportunities to, uh, to share the gospel. And when we got there, we would say, can we tell you how a person can go to heaven? And if they would let us, we would go through the gospel and answer questions. And, and then we would ask them, would you like to become a, a follower of Jesus? And if they said yes, then we would, uh, again, answer questions. We'd pray with them. We'd invite them to church. We'd encourage them in uh, being baptized and being a part of the church and growing. And uh, it, it was a tremendous outreach, and uh, mainly because we were being obedient to the Great Commission. But one thing that we began to notice after a few semesters was that often there, was, there seemed to be no life change, and uh, the people would sometimes disappear, and we couldn't find them, and uh, and so after a few semesters, the pastor asked me to kind of be the follow-up guy. And so if, if someone was able to uh, lead someone to the Lord, and they would tell them that the next Monday night I'd come, and I'd try to do some discipleship with them. And here's, here's what would happen. Sometimes I would show up there, and, and nobody would be there. And I'd call them, and sometimes they wouldn't answer. And, uh, and I thought, what's going on? And what we realized is it's relatively easy to get people to profess faith, but becoming a follower of Jesus is much more difficult, and yet church, that's really what the Great Commission is all about, go and make disciples and teach them to follow Jesus, and so uh, I want to talk about that this morning, Hebrews chapter 12, and uh, the writer of Hebrews is going to kind of compare the, the Christian life and discipleship to a race, and so let me invite you to stand one more time, and we'll honor God's Word. I hope you have a copy of God's Word. If not, it'll be on the screens. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. And let's pray. Father, we come this morning, and 
we realize that there are some maybe even in this room who have grown weary or faint-hearted. We realize that there are some who maybe are ensnared by sin and uh, some of the things of this world. And we pray this morning that through the power of your word that they might realize that, that they may confess that and find victory over those things. Lord, we pray for those maybe who have never gotten into the Christian race. They've never turned from their sins and believed upon Jesus. I pray this morning that the gospel would go out, that it would be clear, that your Holy Spirit would open eyes and hearts, that some would be saved. And Lord, whatever you accomplish in our lives today, we will give you the praise. And uh, we pray that we'll run with endurance this race that you've set before us. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated, and if you have a mask on and you need to take it off, you're welcome to do that. Uh, the Olympics in 1968 was at Mexico City, and there was a, a runner, a marathon runner from Tanzania. His name was John Stephen Aquari. When he finished the race, there were only a few hundred spectators left in the arena, and it was starting to get dark, and the winner had crossed the line over an hour sooner. And when he came to the finish line, his right leg was bandaged. He was heavily bleeding. He was in great pain. He wasn't running anymore. He was limping, and uh, he collapsed in the arms of an attendant. And uh, he had fatigue, leg cramps, dehydration, disorientation. And so they put him on a stretcher, and while he was on a stretcher, a reporter came over and just said, uh, John, why didn't you just quit? And John's reply was, my country didn't send me here 5,000 miles away to start this race. They sent me here to finish this race. And I want to say to you this morning, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that you're in a race. And so I want to encourage you in your race this morning. There in chapter 12, verse 1, run with endurance the race. That word race is the Greek word agon. It's the word for which we get our word agony. As opposed to a luxury, the Christian race is sometimes uh, some agony. It is demanding and grueling and agonizing sometimes. And it requires some self-discipline and, and some determination and some perseverance and a whole lot of God's grace. Now, we look around and we say, well, many Christians could probably be described as a lot of things, but maybe running a race is not one of them. So I believe here in Hebrews 12 that the writer could, would compare discipleship with a race. Now, when I say discipleship, I, I want to take a moment and try to define that. We, we know the word disciple is in that word, and, and that's really what it is. It is you know, discipleship is a process of helping people to become faithful followers or disciples of Jesus Christ. Uh, and my favorite definition is just uh, growing as followers of Jesus personally and helping others to grow as followers of Jesus. And uh, before we get into the text, let me share with you just a, a couple of bits of statistics that I could find lately regarding discipleship uh, in the church today. 19% of American Protestant churchgoers, that, that'd be us, 19% read the Bible every day. That means that less than one in five are in the scriptures every day. And that's so vital to us. If we're going to grow and train and grow in Jesus, we've got to be in the Word. 41% of American Protestant churchgoers do not attend small classes or groups from their churches. 
40 percent don't and they're not connected with the bible study group and that's so important for us to to come together and to grow together and so we might say that in our churches there is a discipleship deficiency and so if discipleship could be compared to running a race i want to give you three main points this morning they're really simple the first one is that disciples must run the race we must run the race therefore verse one and again, whenever you see therefore, you, you see what it's there for. And it's, we just come out of chapter 11, and there's this, this, this hall of faith, this chapter of faith. And, and the writer lists all these people who, by faith, they lived out their, their Christian life. And, and you can, maybe for homework, read chapter 11. You'll read about Abraham and Noah and, and so many of these. By faith, they ran their race. And so therefore... Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us run. That's, that's the personal nature of this race. Each one of us are invited. Now, uh, sometimes people stand on the edge of the road or the edge of the track trying to decide if they want to, to run or not, and... Uh, We've been talking about being a follower of Jesus, and just in church, there is a cost to following Jesus. Jesus said, matter of fact, count the cost. Whoever wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. Birds have nests, the foxes have hoes, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Over and over, Jesus is trying to say to those who want to follow him, count the cost. And so the first thing I want us to consider this morning is the entrance into the race. Before you get into a race or a marathon, you have to enter the race. Now, some of them you have to qualify for, and I can never get into any of those because it's not fast enough. But, but what about the Christian race? How do we get in the Christian race? Well, I'm glad you asked. I want to tell you about the entrance, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest we would boast. And so if we want to run the Christian faith, if we want to follow Jesus, we're saved by faith. We come through the grace of God. The Bible tells us that we have to repent of our sins and trust in, put our faith in Jesus Christ. That's our salvation, and that's really the starting point to this Christian race. And uh, if we want to win this race, we have to enter through faith. And so we look back at Hebrews chapter 11, this, these heroes of the faith, they have one thing in common, they all entered the race through faith. Now, two things that I think are really sad is that uh, many people have never entered the race, that they've not been willing to repent of their sins and believe in Jesus Christ. The second thing that's sad is that many Christians who have come through faith and who have entered the race, they're not running. We might say they're, maybe they're jogging or they're walking slowly, but some of them are sitting down, some of them are lying down, some of them just laying around. And the, and the writer says you're, you're in a race. Now, there are a couple things different than an than a athletic race. Uh, in the Christian race, we don't, uh, we don't compete with one another. Instead of competing, we cooperate together. We strive together. We, we come alongside each other. We encourage each other. That, that's what we want to do. That's one of the reasons we gather. We gather to worship and to encourage. I mean, that's why it was so hard when we weren't able to meet. 
because Hebrew 10 tells us not to forsake gathering together and encouraging one another even more as we see the day approaching. And so we're not trying to outdo one another for recognition. We're just running for the glory of God. And the second difference is we don't run in our own strength. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. We want to walk in the Spirit and be filled with the Spirit and, and rely upon His strength to run this race. And so the entrance to the race is through faith. And so here is maybe the most important question for some of you this morning is, have you trusted in Jesus? Have you come through faith in Jesus? Not how good are you or what's your spiritual resume? No. Have you trusted in Jesus? And then we have the endurance for the race. Notice that back in verse 1, let us run with endurance. Hupomone, steady determination to keep going. Now, anybody ever start running and they get this pain in their side or legs start cramping or, it, you know, the chest, you can't get your breath and you just say, forget it, quit. Well, listen, I just want to remind you, the Christian life is not a sprint. You all know this. It's a, it's a marathon. And what happens is sometimes some people, they start out strong and fast and then they slow down, they give up, they, they quit. Now, why is that? Well, the newness wears off, and problems arise, and we have an enemy, and he wants to attack us. He loves to attack new believers, and, and they lose their enthusiasm, and, and sometimes they begin looking back at the attractions of this world, and they begin to waver. Listen, I just want to remind you regularly that we have an enemy. He is a deceiver and a liar, and he wants to take you out of the race. So endurance, uh, nothing makes less sense than to race without a desire to, to finish and even to win. And, and the problem with many Christians is they have this lack of desire. Some, I don't want to say many, but some are just trying to coast their way to heaven. Does anybody know where that's in the Bible at? You just coast your way to heaven or I mentioned earlier, I don't even see retire in there, but uh, I know it's in there somewhere probably. But uh, we're not to coast. We're to run, church. Now, the good news is that every genuine Christian, not, not every cultural Christian, every genuine Christian, everyone who has come through faith in Jesus will finish this race. And the end of this race is heaven. And uh, But not every Christian is going to finish strong. And so... My desire this morning is to stir you up a little bit. Uh, listen, in a race, in a war, in the Christian life, a lack of desire to finish strong is, is unacceptable. Somebody say amen to that. It's unacceptable to run for Jesus and not want to finish strong. Paul said this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Run. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a, a perishable wreath. That, that's what the winners would get back then. But we, as believers, and imperishable. So I don't run aimlessly. I don't box as one beating the air. I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself may be disqualified. Paul says, listen, I train myself. I run this thing. I'm going to give it all I got. So listen, church and believers, God calls us to run. 
And listen, I believe every day we ought to get out of bed, we ought to put on our shoes, and we ought to toe the mark, and we ought to run for Jesus and give him everything we got. Amen? We can do that. It's his strength. And so, listen, are you running the race? Have you entered through faith? And are you running with endurance and perseverance, steadfastness, determination? The question that I thought about this morning that really, what if we ask God how we're running? What would his perspective be? Maybe prayerfully this week, you maybe take some time and say, God, how, how am I doing in this race? Not only must disciples run the race, secondly, disciples must overcome the obstacles. If you run very long, you recognize that there are obstacles, there are hurdles along the way. And so Hebrews 12, 1 mentions some of those. Uh, the first is extra weight is an obstacle. Let us lay aside every weight. Now, some people put le- weights on their legs when they're training. That's supposed to make them stronger. I, I never do that. I, uh, I mentioned Danny and Tina. They, Danny's got like a 50-pound vest he puts on and runs uphill with a 50-pound. I don't, I don't get that. But anyway, uh, that's supposed to make you stronger. But when it's race time, you don't wear the vest. You don't wear the thing. No, you want it to be as light as possible. Years ago, I used to run. I thought, well, some people probably need to put some of their clothes back on because they're too light. Uh, but that's, that's a, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but this weight, onkos, a bulk or a mass of something, it's, it's really anything that keeps you from running. Some of you are trying to run the Christian race with a lot of extra weight. Now, some of the, the weights, they're not bad in and of themselves. But we know a good thing becomes a bad thing when it keeps us from the main thing. And that's where some of you are. You've got some things that aren't bad in themselves, but we could pick a thing. I, I picked fishing in the early service. I mean, nothing wrong with fishing. Most of us like to go fishing, unless fishing keeps you from running the race, keeps you from church, keeps you from your family. And we could say the same about golfing and hunting and sleeping or recreation or working or shopping or the media, TV. TV in and of itself, media, it's, it's not bad in and of itself, but, but if it keeps you out of the Word, it keeps you from spending time with your family, if it keeps you from those kind of things, and it becomes a bad thing, it becomes a weight. And so the writer here says if it's weighing you down, then lay it aside. Lay aside any weight, every weight. And so here's a question. What weight is hampering your Christian walk with the Lord? And that's another one of those. You spend some time with the Lord and say, Lord, what is it that's weighing me down? And when he shows you, you've got to be willing to take some steps to, to lay it aside or get it under control at least. And we all got some weights that's slowing us down. The second one is sin is an obstacle. Probably the, the greatest os- obstacle to our race is sin. And so it's the sin that clings so closely some translations, the sin that ensnares us, entangles us, it trips us up. You know what sin will do in your life? It'll keep you out of the race. It'll take you out of the race. Johnny Hunt used to say that sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And it'll cost you more than what you wanted to pay. That's what sin will do. 
And uh, it's one thing to carry some extra weight, but sin entangles you. It's, it's like trying to run a race with a, a ball and chain around your leg. Our churches might be full of people who are not running because they're ensnared in sin. And that sin will knock you off your feet. It'll keep you out of the race. Many's not running today because they got tripped up in their sin, and many have never gotten back in the race, and some are still walking with a limp. Listen, church, sin will show you no mercy. Come on now. The enemy will tell you it's good and it's delightful and you ought to have it. It'll show you no mercy. The enemy's not got your good in mind. And so listen, if sin has tripped you up, it's time for you to confess that to the Lord and then get back in the race. If you confess it, he'll forgive you. Confess your sins, get back in the race and and run. And listen, you can still finish strong. You, You don't have to say, well, it's over, I'm done. No, confess your sins and get back in the race and run. And so who needs to repent of sin? Sin that's ensnared you. Maybe years ago, maybe, it's, maybe you've been ensnared for a long time. Listen, what, what is the ensnaring sins in your life? Listen, God will give you victory. You don't have to stay ensnared. You confess it. Ask Him for help. A third obstacle is weariness and discouragement. Verse 3, consider Him. This is Jesus who endured the from sinners, the hostility against him, so that you may not grow weary or, or faint-hearted. And so, church, there are many obstacles in our race. We, we get weighed down with things, and sin ensnares us, and Satan puts hurdles, and we become weary and discouraged. Listen, Satan loves to discourage us. If I were to ask you who's been discouraged lately, many of you would raise your hands, and some of you listening online would probably say, I'm, I'm weary and discouraged. And, and, and sometimes part of the problem is that fellow Christians, uh, they're not only running themselves, but they're discouraging others from running. Kind of figuratively speaking, it's like a racetrack, and there's sometimes there's Christians, and they're, they're, not, they're, just, they're sitting on the track, and, and the ones who want to run, they've got to keep running around them. Listen, I want to encourage you this morning to run. And if you've decided not to run your race, then don't be a hurdle to others. I mean, don't you find a new believer and discourage them. I mean, I think Christians do that sometimes. Hey, calm down a little bit. No, don't calm down. Get fired up for Jesus. Listen, running's hard enough. It's even tougher when you've got to keep jumping over hurdles. I've told you about that seafood restaurant. The owner started selling uh, frog legs. And a local farmer was in there one day, and he said, well, where are, you, where are you getting those frog legs? And he said, I got an out-of-town supplier. And that farmer said, well, why don't you let me supply those frog legs? I, I got thousands of them. And the owner said, okay, when can you start bringing the frog legs? And he said, how about next Friday? So next Friday came around, and that farmer brought in seven frog legs. And he said, I only got seven. It sounded like thousands. And that's what the owner said. I, I thought you had thousands. He's, and the, owner, the farmer said it sounded like thousands, but it was only a few. You know, that's the way it is in church. You know, there's some with big mouths, and they sound like a lot. But you get down to it, usually it's only a few. And so don't let them discourage you. Don't let anybody discourage you from the race that God has set before you. 
And so let me ask you, are there obstacles? Are there sin or is there some habit or some hobby that's gotten out of control in your life and you're not spending time with Jesus? What is it this morning that you may need to give up or overcome or lay aside? Listen, you're not going to grow as a disciple if you're loaded down with the weights of this world or if you're ensnared, if you're chained to some type of sin, if you've grown weary and discouraged in your running. And as a church, we, we can't be as effective as God desires for us to be if we're not all running this race. And so I want to encourage you. I, I feel like COVID has discouraged and brought, made many weary. And it, it seems like we're, we're not able to get together as we were and to encourage one another. And I, I feel isolated from you guys sometimes. I, I want to encourage you this morning. Look around. And, and again, some people aren't able to come back yet, but, but are there some Christians that you need to encourage? Maybe there's somebody you've not seen for a while, and maybe you just need to call them up and, and encourage them a little bit. Or maybe you know that there's some who aren't as, they're not running like they used to. God might use you to be an encouragement to them. I, you know, I, I run by myself a lot, but it's so much better when you're running with others because uh, sometimes they spur you to keep going. When you're by yourself, you know how easy it is just to stop and walk? But when you're with some others, you can't do that. you got to keep going. That's why we need each other, to encourage and to spur one another on. And so disciples must run the race. They must overcome the obstacles. And finally, disciples must focus on the finish. Now, we've talked about different aspects of salvation. Uh, when I was 16, I was saved. That's, that was my justification. My sins were forgiven through faith. I was robed in the righteousness of, of Christ. I was, I was saved. I, I made a decision to follow Christ. And since then... I am being saved. I am being made more and more like Jesus. I am being conformed by the work of the Spirit. That's called sanctification. And we do that all the way till we, till we go see Jesus. It's, it's God working in our lives to make us more and more like Jesus. We, we're to be growing in Christ's likeness. And then one day, glorification, I'll, I'll be with Jesus and I'll be made like Him. And, but the, the, go of, the go of this race is Christ's likeness. And thankfully... We have some examples to encourage us. And back to verse 1, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Th these aren't spectators, they're witnesses. They're someone who bears witness to a truth. And I, so I believe what the writer is saying is, is that these faithful saints back in chapter 11, uh, they bear witness to us. They're, they're the believers from the past. They ran their race through faith, and they finished their race. And now through their witness, they're able to encourage us to run our race with endurance. Now, you look at that list of heroes there in chapter 11. It was hard on them sometimes. Uh, just pick up there in verse 33, chapter 11. Who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. That was Daniel, y'all know. Quenched the power of fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Escaped the edge of the sword. Were made strong out of weakness. Became mighty in war. Put foreign armies to flight. Women received back the dead by resurrection. But then it got tough for some of them. Some were tortured. Refusing to accept release. So that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging. Even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were killed with the sword. And they went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated. It wasn't easy for some of them, was it? 
Romans 15, 4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. So we would learn, so we would be encouraged that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we may have hope. And so they're not so much there as spectators looking over the corridors of heaven at us, but we're looking to them and to their race. And they encourage us because they ran their race. They overcame the obstacles. They, they finished their race. And we all know some runners who won their race, who ran well. We had some mothers and fathers and grandparents and, and teachers and, and pastors and friends. who we, we know some people who ran their race. And we look back to them and, and they encourage us. They were faithful to the end, and we can be. And so not only do we have some examples to encourage us, but then we have a Savior to empower us. Verse 2, looking to Jesus, the founder, or the author, or the originator, the founder and perfecter of our faith, the founder and the finisher of our faith. He's the founder in the sense that this is His race. He has provided a way for us to be saved and to come into the race and he's the finisher. Listen, he's the one waiting at the, at the end. Paul said in Philippians 1.6, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good, race, a good work in you will bring it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Jesus began that work in us, and he will bring it to completion. Listen, you ever started something you couldn't finish? Anybody? I like to tell about those two little boys, um, Jack and Fred. They were playing one day, and Jack said, uh, my dad's got a list of men he could whip, and your dad's first on the list. And Fred heard that, and uh, he ran home, and he said, Dad, Jack's dad's got a list of men he can whip, and you're on the list. And Fred's dad said, well, we'll see about that. And so he goes over to Jack's house, knocks on the door. Fred, Jack's dad comes to the door, and Fred's dad says, I hear you got a list of men you can whip, and I'm on the list. And Jack's dad said, yeah. And he said, well, I don't think you can whip me. What are you going to do about that? And Jack's dad said, well, I'll take your name off the list. So we don't always finish everything we start, but listen, Jesus does. Jesus, what Jesus starts, Jesus finishes. And he came to this earth with a mission. And his mission was to redeem, to save a lost and dying world. And that's exactly what he did. Verse, verse 2 there says he endured the cross. All the agony of the cross, despising the... Listen, it was a shameful thing to die on the cross. Cursed is anyone who hangs on the cross. He hung on the cross for our sins. He endured that. Verse 3, endured from sinners such hostility against himself. I mean, we think that our race brings a little agony. Listen, nothing to compare with what Jesus endured for us. All the, the mockings and the scourgings and the humiliation of the cross and, and most of all the wrath of the Holy Father being poured out upon sin. He endured that for us, church. And, and it says there in verse 2, he did it with joy. I, I don't even, I never know how to explain that, that the agony of the cross, that Jesus would die, would bear my sins with joy. I mean, that's just love to the, isn't it awesome to think that Jesus went to the cross and considered it joy to, to take our sins upon himself? In a real sense, Jesus, he had a race to run, and his whole life he looked to the Father, and he kept his eyes on the Father, John 6, 38. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. 
And so by keeping his eyes on the Father, he was able to resist temptations and to accomplish the task, and he won the final victory. And listen, church, just as Jesus looked to the Father, verse 2 tells us to look to Jesus. And that's really what discipleship's all about. It's, it's just looking to Jesus. And so if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you ought to be growing in your faith. And, and as a church, we want to help you. And here's a couple of things you could do. If you want to write this down, you want to make a, just a couple minimum things that you should do to grow as a disciple of the one who hung on the cross for you. The, as a minimum, each of us need to commit to daily Bible reading and prayer. Daily, we need to be in the Word, looking to Jesus. I didn't say two hours. I didn't say one. Listen, daily we need some time to be nourished by the Word of God and to spend time with Jesus in prayer. And secondly, I, I think each of us need to be involved in a, a small group Bible study because we come together, we grow together, we encourage one another. There's some accountability. There's fellowship together. We need that. We missed that when we couldn't do it. I mean, we could do it online, but it wasn't the same, was it? And so we're going to be talking more about a discipleship process, but those first two steps, being in the Word and prayer and, and being in a group, I, I, I want to help you if you're not in a group. I, I want to help you find one. If we don't have one that meets your needs, we'll start one. So as we think about running this Christian race, we've got to focus on the finish because Jesus is at the finish. And church, if you put your eyes on Jesus, you can run this race if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you can overcome every obstacle. And if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you'll not just finish the race. You can win your race. I don't know about you, but I look so forward to hearing those words. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Well done. You, you ran well the race that I set before you. And listen, church, I, I want to hear that. I, I want you to hear those words. Well done. I set a race before you and you ran, and you finished strong, we all have some obstacles. But with His power, we can run this race, and we can finish strong for His glory. Let's pray. Father, thank You today for Your Word and for Your encouragement. And uh, Lord, forgive me for all the times where I've not run as I should and have gotten distracted and weighed down with all the stuff of this world and sin sometimes and grown weary and discouraged and I've not spent time with you and I've not been nourished by you and Lord, just forgive me and I, I just invite you personally to, to show me weights in my life that are keeping me from running the way you desire. And Lord, I pray that during this time of invitation that uh, you might invite some into the race that they'll turn from their sins and believe upon Jesus, that they'll enter this race through faith. Would I pray for that? And I pray especially for those who might be here this morning who are discouraged and some are in bondage to sin. Lord, I, I want them to know that there is an invitation to confess their sins. Lord, there are some who are weighed down this morning, and I pray you give them eyes to see that graciously. Lord, you do that so graciously sometimes, and you invite us to get those priorities straightened out. Thank you for your graciousness towards us. Lord, those that are weary and discouraged this morning, I pray a special encouragement from them. I, I pray even this morning through the preaching of your word that there would 
their hearts would be encouraged to run with endurance this race. Lord, may we do business with you this morning in these few minutes for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand, if you will, and <clears throat> listen. I mentioned we, we haven't used this area much, but uh, I suspect maybe the Spirit has maybe convicted you about some weights, and the invitation maybe is to come and to lay those aside this morning. And man, I invite you to come and just cry out to God and say, take this weight, or maybe you're ensnared with some sins this morning, and man, it's a good time to, to do business. And maybe some of these sins have held on to you for a long time. Will you get serious about them this morning and just ask God to help you, give you victory? And uh, I, I, there's some people here this morning, maybe you've never come in faith to Jesus. And you're invited this morning to enter the best race, the greatest adventure that this world has to offer. And that's being a Christian. And uh, if you have questions about that, I'd... I'd love to talk to you about that. I, I'll be down front. I'll have my mask on if I can help you in some way. If, you, if you're discouraged this morning, just need a prayer. I, I'd be glad to pray with you this morning. You, you respond this morning as, a, as the Lord leads you.
thinks we might sing that in heaven a little bit. God, you're so good. I, I believe 10,000 years are in there. We'll be singing, God, you're so good. And uh, man, he's good. Amen. Anybody need to just say that this morning? Anybody got something they just need to praise the Lord for this morning? Any? We don't always offer that, but somebody, wasn't it those children precious this morning? Amen. They were awesome. Uh, let me share a couple of things with you. Uh, Mary, couples uh, we're starting a new study tonight called the seven rings of marriage and uh, that'll start tonight at six o'clock everybody's invited to that married couples we have a good time and maybe you've never come to that before you're, you're invited and uh, no age limit on that and uh, and so that's starting the kickoff is tonight at six miss patty's got some uh, i don't know what she's gonna do something special tonight at six so be here at six tonight we will have child care for that and uh, get that going next week as well and then we have a, a meal for our senior adults. Uh, after service, uh, I get to make the announcement, the, the barbecue is running late. And so uh, it, we're going to start at 1 o'clock. And uh, if you need to go home and, and uh, take off your good clothes so you can get some barbecue on you, uh, might be a good time to that. But anyway, we got good barbecue coming. Uh, it's a little delayed. Uh, we'll get started by 1 and uh, we'd, we'd invite all of our senior adults to participate in that. We've got a tent outside the activity center to the left. And so uh, if you go home, please come back and, and eat with us. And uh, we're sorry if that inconveniences you. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, would, you, would you pray for us? 
Uh, before we go, guys, just remember that the offering boxes are out there. It's the three black boxes, and then the clear boxes are the dollar club, so just drop a dollar on your way out. Uh, let's pray together. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this awesome group of people. Lord, I just thank you for letting us come into your house and uh, learn more about your word, Lord. Uh, I pray that as we go about, we, uh, we are able to use what we've learned and, and further your kingdom, Lord. And uh, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Mm-hmm.